Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. So we're in Revelation and my plan is to cover Revelation 9 through 20, which will I'm sorry, yeah, 9 through 20, which will finish out the chapter 1. And it reads like this. I know your, I, I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Christ Jesus. Now he was talking about the current persecution, the current tribulation um, given through two Christians through the persecution of Nero. He's not talking about the great tribulation, right? In this instance, he's just talking about the suffering that they're currently enduring. And kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in the book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, and to Pergamum and to Thyatira, and Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice which, I was, which was speaking to me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, that's Jesus, clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He placed his right hand on me saying, Do not be afraid, which just cracks me up. And just explained Jesus to us. And he's, Jesus says, It's cool, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades, which means death in Hades now holds no power. Therefore, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after these things. For is the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Amen. So let me talk to you about what's happened. We've gone through the introduction. We've talked about the essentials of the book in verses 1, 2, and 3. And then we talked about last week um, the declaration that, G, that uh, John made in regard to God and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and how that declaration just spontaneously, because it's what we should do when we enter the presence and come, become aware of the presence of God, just spontaneously entered into a time of praise. And then, here we start, he starts talking about himself. He says, I, John, your fellow partaker of the tribulation and kingdom of perseverance, which are in Jesus, were on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He said, listen, 
I'm struggling just like you're struggling. John happened to be the only apostle that wasn't martyred. Now, he wasn't, it wasn't for their lack of trying. He, they definitely tried. Uh, tradition has it that they tried to boil him alive and it didn't work. And because they couldn't get rid of him and he wouldn't be quiet, they sent him to the island of Padmas, which is in the Aegean Sea, about 30 miles off the coast. You don't really need to know that other than it's a desolate place. No one was around and he was sent there as a political and societal criminal. But more than that, why was he sent there? This may be the only message, the only point that I get today, but I think it's an important one. He was sent to this island of Patmos for two reasons. Because of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Hear me when I tell you It doesn't matter what persecution you endure, what tribulation, what you have to persevere through for the sake of Jesus Christ. You better never stop declaring the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is the calling of the church to be the truth, to declare the truth, to walk in the truth. Because let me tell you, we live in a world, as you know, that's incredibly dark, that's that's lost its way, that has has determined to, to make... Truth subjective, not objective. Well, you don't know what my truth is. Your truth is that you have no truth unless it's of the truth, and then it's not your truth, it's God's truth. Our job is to declare the truth. You guys have heard me say this a hundred times. I'm going to say it till you fire me. This is the Word of God. You can't subject it to your own will. You can't bear over it, your opinion. You should only stand in reverence of it, or kneel in reverence of it. Your opinion doesn't matter. There's an old quote that says, when it comes to the Word of God, let your opinion kneel at the door. Which means don't bring your trash in here. There's no amount of reasonableness that you can come up with to make your truth stand against the truth. Well, Pastor Jim, this verse says such and such. Let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Homosexuals will justify the fact that it's okay for them to be Christians and priests because they they believe they can articulate homosexuality in the life of David with Jonathan and in the life of our Savior, Jesus, in John. And I'll tell you, that's blasphemy straight out of the pit of hell. But you're all, that's, that's, you don't understand my truth. You have no truth if it doesn't come from here. Somebody's watching online, maybe somebody in this room is all, man, you can't say that. There might be a homosexual in this room. Can I tell you, the love of Jesus Christ can release you from all your sin burden. It doesn't matter. But you have to trust the truth to be the truth over your life. That He died, that He might set you free, that He is a chain breaker. It doesn't matter what addiction you're dealing with or what struggle you have or what, what depression you may be dealing with. The name of Jesus Christ supersedes all of those things. The Bible tells us that He sits at the right hand of God making intercession on our behalf and that His enemies, which is your enemies, which is anything that stands opposed to you or the truth and the promises that He's made to you, are under His feet in Jesus' name. Man, I, 
I ain't got a lot to say today, but we're going to say it. <laughs> Is everybody okay with that? Yeah, it was a trick question. I don't care. It's the truth. I do care. I don't want you to hurt. But at the same time, I need you to understand that as much as I would... I'll be honest with you, man. I could grow a church fast telling you what you want to hear. I'm a relatively charismatic guy. For whatever reason, people like me. It's probably because most people are smarter than me and they like to feel superior to people around them. But whatever reason, I feel like I could draw a crowd. But that truth will divide you. That truth will cut you open. It'll separate the wheat from the chaff. And I say, let the chaff burn. Amen. Why was John in the island of Patmos? Because no matter how many times they told John, stop talking about that, he said no, because he wouldn't be quiet. Let us never be silenced. The church has been too long, too long abdicating its responsibility on the public square. And you, I hope you know what I'm talking I'm not talking about you have to scream, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm pro this or anti this. Let me just tell you, you just declare the truth of the Word of God and they'll know who you are. You belong to one tribe and it's not the Republican tribe or the Democrat tribe or the pro-homosexual, uh, anti-homosexual. It's not black crowd. It's not the white crowd, the Asian crowd. It's none of those crowds. It's the got Jesus and the truth of the Word of God or don't have Jesus crowd. If you'll tell them the truth, they'll know where you stand. There'll never be any question. They won't even have to ask you. Matter of fact, they're likely to not be around to ask you. That doesn't mean you don't tell them anyway. But you have to tell them the way Jesus told them. Which is out of a concern, a true care, a compassion for them and their soul eternal. Because I've never met anybody. I could sit up here, man, I could... I can get you excited. Man, I can stoke the fires of your compassion or, or of your passion, not compassion. But if I just let you burn red hot and then you go down here and say something stupid, you've destroyed your own witness and the testimony of the truth anyway. We have to treat them as Jesus treated them. To love them as Jesus loved them. Because let me tell you, I was on that I was I was in that other crowd before I realized Jesus loved me. And I realized Jesus loved me because people that I didn't know loved me. People that had no business caring about me. Amen. Cared about me. Yes. And they beat back the darkness long enough for me to finally see that Jesus was real. Many of us don't have that Christophany, that moment where Jesus shows up in our room and says, why are you persecuting me or knocks us off our horse or whatever. What we have is a surrounding of people that care about us, give a testimony of the truth long enough to make us ask the question, what's different about Pastor Leonard than this other guy? Why does he love me when the world hates me? And I'll tell you, we love you because the testimony of the truth of the Word of God says that, one, not only are we required to, but because we were given much, we are to give much. Because we are to love one another. Jesus gave the challenge. 
The second greatest commandment is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus upped that challenge. I can't quote the address right now, but Jesus says, a new command I give you. One of you theologians probably know the address. To love one another as I have loved you. So I said, that's, that's a lot different than love your neighbor as yourself. Because Jesus loves me more than I love me. And so he wouldn't be quiet. And so I encourage us, don't be quiet. Well, no matter what it costs you, don't be quiet. Speak the truth. And make sure that that truth includes the testimony of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus came, that they might have eternal life. You know, at some point it moved from I love you to I love you because Jesus gave his life for me. And I don't want to see you suffer. I don't want to see you struggle. How many of you guys are doing both of those things? We can't just not be quiet. We have to recognize that Jesus is the reason why we aren't quiet. I know y'all are thinking, man, you're off the subject of Revelation today. I'm not. Do you know why he was capable and able and focused enough to write the book of Revelation? Why God gave him the opportunity? Because he spoke the truth about the testimony of Jesus Christ and the sovereignty of God placed him there. Now I just messed some of y'all up. God loved you so much and John so much that he sent him to the worst place imaginable to have an experience with him. We did a series some months, some years ago, I think it was probably our first year on Jonah. And I asked a bunch of people in preparation for that sermon, what was the worst thing that happened in the book of Jonah? And over and over and over again, I got one answer. Well, he got swallowed by a fish. It's exactly not, that's, that's the exact opposite of the, of the worst thing. That's the best thing that happened to Jonah. Because it's the thing that saved Jonah from death. It's the thing that caused Jonah after several days to find his way back to God. Because he prayed in the belly of the fish and realized he was wrong in the belly of that fish. And it, it was the thing, that fish was the thing that ultimately delivered him to his purpose, literally spitting him out on the shore of Nineveh. So don't underestimate the sovereignty of God in your bad place. God would never do this to me. God will do whatever it takes to get you holy even if it means you're not happy about it. I've been there. I'm currently there. Angela and I, you guys pray, you guys have been praying for my health. And I praise God for that, and I feel good today. But I was flat on my back for three days. But you know what? In that place... I realize 
God put me here for a reason. You know what that reason was? It's silly now that I think about it because I should have just paid attention. The week before that, I started preaching on rest. And God said, you're not going to preach from my pulpit a hypocrite. He put me on my back and gave me rest and made me commit to you guys to take a Sabbath from now on. I figured there had to be an easier way to do it, but, you know, I'm dumb. So, <laughs> what am I telling you? I'm telling you that he was where he was on purpose. He was where he was because he loved the Lord and he leaned on the truth and he declared the testimony of Jesus Christ. And he got the opportunity because of those things to be memorialized forever as the writer of the book of Revelation. To send a book, a letter to every church in Asia, those seven churches. Pastor Rick asked me before, he said, why those churches? The reason those seven churches is one because they were, they were just 30 miles from the coast of where he was. But primarily, I think more than geographically, it's because those seven churches, and we're going to do a study in each one of those churches, all of those churches combined is everything that the church is or isn't right now and has always been and always hasn't been throughout the establishment of the church. Every church has people in it that have lost their initial love. Every church in it allows a Jezebel that needs to be, that needs to be removed. Every church allows something, has something in it. And I think, I, well, I'm not much into numerology, but I, there has to be something about the perfect number of seven. Because there's seven churches, seven bowls, seven seals, seven, 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 seven spirits of God, seven candlesticks, seven stars, which are the pastors of those churches. And so those seven churches, those seven churches that he listed here in verse... 11, I think they're a perfect, across the landscape of history, representation of everything good and everything bad about the church. And we're going to grab a hold of that over the, well, I was going to say over the next seven weeks, but i got to preach the sermon I intended to preach tonight, next week. But we're going to spend seven weeks talking about each one of those churches. Because this church is going to get it right. Man, I... I know that, that sounds so arrogant, right? There's so many churches. They're not getting it right. I'm not saying they're not getting it right. But I'm not the angel over their house. God's called me to be the angel over this house. And I'll be... I'll be danged <laughs> if I'm going to let anybody suffer the consequence of hell because this church isn't what it should be. Right. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're just going to start. We're going to end right there. I think it's been a good night. Amen.